Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy Collins, the host of Theana Money. This week on the podcast, I have Marcus Pittman as a guest. I think it's safe to assume that most of my listeners already know who Marcus Pittman is. You've probably known who he is for a lot longer than you've known who I am. I've really learned a lot from Marx's ministry, first with Apologia and now up in Moscow. And it's been really great. He's done a lot to help me get inspired, uh, more come to love economics. Like I had economics classes in college that did not instill in me a love for economics as much as listening to guys like Marcus Pittman. And so he's here with me. We're talking about lore. This project he's been working on for a couple of years now and I think has great potential to 10 years from now be something huge. So for all the people hating on it out there saying, oh, look how small it is. Sure, Netflix was super small too when it first started when they were just mailing DVDs in the mail. Because remember, that's how Netflix started. They weren't always streaming. And you know, now a dozen years later, look how huge they are. So just think where lore could be in a dozen years. So with that, let's get to the interview. Hey everyone, I am here this week with someone that I really appreciated for probably four or five years now listening to his stuff with Apologia and his stuff solo. So I have Marcus Pittman to talk about lore with me today. You want to give an introduction for maybe the few listeners that don't already know who you are, Marcus? Yeah, no, um, my name is Marcus Pittman and I'm CEO of Lore TV, which is a new streaming platform we're building that's a mixture of uh, it's a mixture of Netflix plus Kickstarter plus video games. <laughs> I think is the best way to describe it. So, yeah, I jumped on. I got an invite link from someone and jumped on. And I I like the interface. I think I can kind of see where maybe you're going for a bit of a video game feel with the interface. For those of you who have already gotten an invite and jumped on, then you maybe know what I'm talking about. For those who haven't, just jump on any thread Marcus Pittman's in, and you'll probably see him or someone else saying they have extra invite links. Yeah, man, it's been really crazy. We've, uh, we actually, well, just, uh, just to give you a sort of heads up how it works is, uh, you'll get a monthly subscription and then you'll be able to spend that monthly subscription on what we're calling loot. And then based on your monthly subscription, uh, you can fund movies and TV shows. And then once a certain movie or TV show, uh, is funded, it'll either stream instantly or begin production if it's, uh, if it's not already made. And, and so that's a sort of two models that we have right now. We have 25, 26 films, movies, and TV shows uh, that are ready uh, to be funded. Um, and so it's going really well. So, and, and we're about to do uh, our series a round uh, investment uh, coming up really soon in the next few weeks. So that's cool. And I think right now you've got the first two episodes of dark holler and the first episode of the postmo documentary teach all nations no it's uh first two episodes of dark collar and first two episodes of teach all nations okay first two of both 
Nice. Yeah. So there's already some episodes on there. If you already have an invite link or if you're needing one to jump on. And I think that's a really cool concept. You're not just doing the uh, like pure flicks thing of let's just have a Christian Netflix, but you're coming up with something new, just like how, you know, Netflix was new when it came out where, you know, back in the day, everyone forgets about this. Now Netflix was originally mailing DVDs as DVD players were first becoming real mainstream was totally different from going to your blockbuster or family video and renting a movie. Well, what you're doing is different than that because now it's, you are, you know, like you said, it's Kickstarter, it's crowdfunding what you want to see. So you can put something on there that if no one likes it, it's never going to reach its amount that it needs to be crowdfunded. But this is letting the user dictate what goes on the platform. Yeah, we, we, like, to, we like to say that everything is crowdfunded. And so, uh, you know, even like your food at McDonald's is crowdfunded, right? Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) like, that's how they get their low prices for their food, right? So based on calculations and, and basically the crowd coming together and buying lots of McDonald's, they're able to get lower prices and stuff like that. And so everything is crowdfunded. Um, And the way it works in the film industry is uh, your monthly subscription uh, a percentage of that is taken from, let's say, Netflix uh, takes maybe like 70% of your monthly subscription, and then they uh, fund movies and TV shows that uh, you absolutely hate and ne- would never ever watch with your subscription money. So that's all pulled together, and then they fund those TV shows. And so that's sort of what we're doing, except uh, we're actually giving you the option to decide whether or not you want to fund it or not. Um, that way, um, it, it's it, it's a sort of free market approach to that sort of thing. It gives you some sort of say. And also, we don't have release dates on lore. There's not like a, it comes out this day. Uh, the project comes out when it's funded. So that could be at midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Uh, whenever that bar hits 100% on the funding goal for a TV show, that's when that show drops. And so that's been really exciting to see especially as we open up our users, it's been really fun and exciting to see the community come together and they're funding episodes sort of like a, a sort of like when, when a, a, an alliance on World of Warcraft comes together to attack a boss instead of that uh, XP bar going down to zero, our goal is to get it up to 100%. And when it hits 100%, everybody on the platform can stream it whether they funded the show or not, so... So with the World of Warcraft reference, I think what you're saying is someone needs to get a pay extra, get a ton of loot, yell Leroy Jenkins, and then fully fund something. <laughs> yeah, we already had people yell Leroy Jenkins in the Discord as things are about to get uh, about to get funded. There's this really cool time when the community comes together from like 95% to 100% where people get really excited about like, you know, funding a tv show because you know it's going to drop in the next maybe 10 or 15 minutes and so uh, that's been really exciting and cool to see um those sort of peaks in user activity and organic uh organic social out social reach that happens just as a result of people getting excited that a tv show they've been waiting to see is finally about to get funded and they can watch it yeah i like how you're doing it so far i don't know if this is a plan for everything or just the couple so far but 
each episode drops when that episode gets funded. Now, I know, of course, that won't work for movies, but for shows I like, instead of you have to fund the entire season and then it all drops at once, it's like, okay, we got the first episode funded. That one's live. A few days later, second episode's funded. That one's live. Yeah, that that's that's generally the plan unless we're greenlighting projects. And so greenlighting projects means uh, that they actually go into production for the first time once the funding is reached. So you're going to have a, a long period of time between actually being able to watch it versus the time that it's funded. But the content creators will be able to update you with, you know, behind the scenes and that sort of stuff as they're going on going along and eventually over time uh there'll be new content that's dropping um all the time from stuff that was funded let's say a year ago right so uh there's just going to be this really weird period where there's almost like everything's going into production mode and then nothing is being dropped but after after a few years there'll be stuff dropping all the time that was funded in the past and then of course we're, we there's a lot of content we have where the content's already made um and that'll function in the same way it's currently functioning now and that each episode will drop uh immediately once it hits 100 so there's a lot of different options here and both options where i was we're obviously going to test I, I think it'd be good it's obviously good to have a mixture of both but uh i i'm excited to see sort of what happens when Christian artists have complete freedom to make what they want and they're not bound by um, artificial standards and they, they could just, they could just make whatever they want and see if audiences resonate enough in that they want to fund it. Yeah, that's cool. And I like how you're not trying to make like every single movie has to have a exactly perfectly clear gospel presentation. And like, if it doesn't do that, then it's worthless in a way it's like pure flicks almost seems like that's what they do is like if it doesn't have a gospel presentation then it's not good for anything but then also a lot of pure flicks movies don't have a gospel presentation or if they have one it's not very good like god's not dead aside from not being a great movie never had a clear gospel presentation answers in genesis trashed them for that <laughs> yeah i think um i mean i, I don't i don't i mean Pureflix is run is now owned by Sony, which is not a Christian company. Um, so all your profits from Sony from, from Pureflix, all for that that if you go and spend money at Pureflix, you're really funding Sony and their LGBT agendas that they have as a company, right? So mm -hmm. um, it's not really a Christian company. Um, it might have it used to be, but now it's it's definitely not. And I think we're going to start to see a lot of problems from uh, what movies are allowed to be, what stories are allowed to be told at PureFlix and, and what's not allowed uh, to be told. And uh, I think uh, we'll start to see a sort of softening of what evangelicalism is in their films. So I'm sure we'll start to see way more movies with, you know, female pastors. And I'm sure we'll see a, a, a movie from PureFlix about, how Christians are to deal with gay people that, you know, is upsetting. I think it'll be upsetting uh, to see that. I like the, like, I just all foresee that happening because it's not really bound by a Christian worldview anymore. Um, it's, it's, it's just what they call now they call it broad faith. So it's just, uh, just really generic who God can be anybody you can watch. 
one of these films when it's broad faith anybody of any religion can watch the film and the god can be anybody that's referenced um so uh no matter what religion you are you can watch it and ascribe your god to the story and so really awful term broad faith but you'll notice that's what's being used all over that term so yeah that's sad to see them with what they claim their message is doing stuff like that but then with lore what i foresee y'all doing is um that you're gonna have movies that just have a good worldview like it might not be created as an evangelistic movie i'd say most of the movies and shows you're making won't be the specific purposes of evangelism it's just making good content having good narratives having different elements of a good christian fully old worldview like maybe one that shows just a really good father displaying actual biblical masculinity not the effeminacy that our culture wants to replace masculinity with yeah like one of our movies is uh called follow the dead and it's just like a zombie irish comedy movie and you know it's the the whole point of that movie is just that uh you need to sort of like put your phone down and get out in the real world every now and then (laughs) and not trust the media or in the media who you should who should you trust and so, like, that's the point of that movie. It's It doesn't have, it's not a, a Christian movie. I don't think any of the actors are Christian. Um, but, like, those are the kind of stories that we're telling. We're just good stories because I think Christians are capable of telling the best sort of stories. And so um, that's sort of what we wanted to test in theory was if, there, if there's a storytelling contest and all the rules, everybody has equal rules, who wins and i believe that christian stories are the best stories and that will win every time and so we're finally now have that ability to be able to really sort of make that sort of case and test it out in 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 an economy yeah that'll be really cool and yeah whoever has the best stories wins the future i mean intersectionality is all about trying to just have stories of victimhood and because christians haven't been making good stories they're winning with their garbage intersectionality and all the other critical theories that are about victimhood stories. So if we just show stories that reflect the biblical worldview and make it look good and be done well, then we can start to take back ground that we've lost the last generation or two. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I've also seen you get a little bit of pushback with stuff from Laura. Um, There was a page, I forget what meme page made that meme trying to say like, we're congratulating ourselves on lore but it's like number 10th place behind like <laughs> all these others and they said like whatever les lanford's doing today at least they didn't put cnn plus there they still think you're better than cnn plus yeah <laughs> but um, my thought with that was okay sure when netflix first came out in like 0809 i think was when it started getting more popular right netflix was like the little guy on the block next to blockbuster and everyone's like yeah blockbuster's just gonna drive them out of business blockbuster had an opportunity to buy netflix at one point and said no it wasn't worth it and yeah, for only 50 million they turned down they they thought they thought uh netflix wasn't worth 50 million um which i don't think at the time i don't think it was but uh <laughs> they had that opportunity but yeah so um that's been really strange to see a lot of uh, Christians sort of attack us or mock us or make fun of us uh, for sort of, I guess we've been celebrating uh, sort of our victories. And we, I mean, we've had 
a lot of internal victories. I mean, we've, we've been working on this for two years. We raised half a million dollars to get us to this point and we finally released a product. And, you know, when you, when you, when you're talking to your team for two years, you guys, your employees and you have a good idea as to what the product will be, but you have no idea to know if people will like understand it. Right. So a lot of the celebration that we've had over the past few weeks really has not it has has just been because man people really get it and they're passionate about it they're making memes like they're sort of creating this sort of culture about the platform themselves they're funding projects tv shows are coming out you know it's been a, it's been a long road to get to that point and and uh you know i i think a lot of people who are like making fun of us uh are doing so because they've never really built a business before and they've never really had sort of the opportunity to sort of to see those goals come to life and know how exciting it is. I mean, we, we had, we had a, a goal of beta users. Like we want to get this many beta users over the course of the entire beta period. Well, we doubled that number. So we got, we got twice as many beta users as we thought we were going to get for the whole, uh, for the whole period. So, I mean, that's, an, that's incredible. Um, we're, we're 25% away of our uh, actual big time goal to be able to start seriously funding independent films. Um, so once we convert those to paid users, we'll really start to start to be able to show you sort of what we can do. So like a lot of those questions were like, is it even possible to get people interested in the platform at all? And we've blown that completely out of the water. And so that's a big deal. That's a big celebratory cause. And also too, uh, because once we've released this MVP, we've had people like contact us, uh, big time investors contact us who set up meetings and stuff like that for our series A. And just a few weeks ago, you know, we, we you couldn't get in touch with those guys. And now they're reaching out to us. Like that's another cause for celebration that we've built something that users are being excited about. And, uh, the people of the capital, uh, that aren't Marxist are hearing about it and wanting to get involved. You know, we, we had a meeting with an investor group um, and they said, we don't invest in alternative platforms, but you guys aren't so much an alternative platform as you are a cool brand. And we're like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we're just going to continue to be the cool brand and uh, make movies and TV shows that people want to see and are excited about funding. That's really cool. I really like that. And yeah, I think you did a good job responding to that. Companies start small. You don't, you know, have an idea for a company and and unless you're like already a millionaire from a different business, you don't just start your company off on like a multi-million dollar budget unless you're already wealthy from another business or something. Like companies start small. At one point, Netflix was the guy who started it mailing a DVD down the street just to see if the DVD could go in the mail without breaking. And yeah, now that's from the book. That's from that book. Uh, uh, this will never work, right? Is are you referencing that book or the movie? I have not read that book. I remember learning this from a business class in college. So maybe oh, the yeah. author I'll, of the I'll book. I'll tell read the story because it's a really good story. So they they actually so they when they started, they had to figure out a way to get the packaging of the DVD in a way that protects the DVD, um, but also 
uh, isn't destroyed in the, in the postal service. Um, and the, the funny thing about that is uh, they went and they mailed the DVD and it came back in one piece and they were like, all right, we can do this because uh, it was too expensive to mail VHS tapes. They tried with VHS tapes several years ago, mm-hmm. uh, several years earlier and didn't work. So they did it with DVDs, but they thought they would get, they were too fragile, but so it came back. Um, okay. in the package that they sent at the time. And then uh, a few years later, they realized uh, they were going through a tour of like the postal office and uh, they saw this massive machine that was just like, it would have destroyed any DVD that went through it. And they, they said, how, like what, what, what happened there or whatever. And the guy was like, Oh, well your DVD must've been sent to like this post office. And at that post office, uh, they do manual sorting, not with the machines. So <laughs> it was like, honestly, just like a stroke of luck that the mailbox that they put the DVD in and its destination went through a manual sorting process and not the automatic ones. Because I mean, by that time they had it fixed that they didn't have to worry about it. But for that one test, the whole company relied on that DVD getting through safe and, and they were able to do it. So it's really incredible story. Well, yeah, those are the small sort of victories that happen in a business. So, like several, there's hundreds of small victories that have, that have to take place, right? Like each investor that, you know, each investor meeting you get, right, is a victory and just having the meeting. And then each investor uh, that the money actually gets in the bank account <laughs> or the investor uh, comes back accredited and, and approved. Like all these sort of things are like victories that are worth celebrating each step along the way. And, um, you know, uh, rolling out our website, sending out the first invites, um, all those sort of sort of things. People uh, are able to fund the first project. Each of these things is a victory. And uh, it might not mean anything to like the common person on Facebook, but when you're talking to like, uh, uh, m- like people who have mission-driven capital, right? Like these are guys who are not Marxist or socialist, but who have either a Christian worldview or a conservative worldview, and they have a lot of money and they're looking to invest in projects and they have investment groups and firms and all these sort of things. There's very specific questions that they want answers to, and you got to have those answers. And so a lot of our celebration was just in result uh, in the fact that not only did we have those answers, we completely exceeded expectations uh, from what we thought we would need. And so that was all good signs and, and worth praising the Lord for. Yeah. And, you know, when we have the other side willing to drop 300 million on CNN plus that fails a month later, but Christians don't want to put money into building stuff, it kind of shows what, I don't know. It just shows something really bad, like that we're not willing to do this stuff. And, you know, we're trying to do everything on a super tight budget and like, yes, try to do things on a tight budget. Don't waste money. But there's a certain point where you're just restricting yourself too much. Like you need to be willing to spend money if you want to make something good. And guys like you and Chalk Knox, um, probably also like Les Lanfear, Darren Doan know how to make good content on a tight budget, but you also need to be spending money to make something good. Yeah, I think our our, our initial our initial seed round was five hundred thousand dollars for our first, that was our first investment round, friend, friends and family round or whatever you call it. Um, very basic. And that's like no money. 
<laughs> like especially when you look at like especially when you look at the cost of a single movie right like that's no money but we've been able to use that you know half a million dollars to bring in 25 movies films and tv shows um we've been able to develop the website hire developers you know pay at least two of our founders full-time salaries over the course of this these past two years you know like that's all really meaningful and and the fact that we've been able to do all of that uh and sort of reach these goals and actually deliver a product uh is tremendous i, I will say that a lot of these people who are who are like laughing at us or not taking us seriously at this point uh just a few weeks ago they were saying that we were scammers and would never uh, have any intention of ever releasing a, a website at all <laughs> or a movie or TV show at all. And, uh, and so we've proven them wrong on that. And now they're just saying, well, oh yeah, well now, oh, well, now you're just celebrating too early <laughs> or I could have done it way cheaper and way faster than you guys did, but they didn't. <laughs> they I don't didn't. think you, could do all of that cheaper than half a million. I mean, the average popular box office movie probably has a budget in the tens of millions and you made 25 movies and did a bunch of other stuff with half a million. Yeah, we didn't make them. We, we secured the con the contracts for them. So, which is substantial. That's actually probably bigger, a bigger deal than um, actually making the movie and TV show itself. Okay. Um, so in terms of the valuation of a company and how that's calculated, it's a way bigger deal uh, to have options and exclusives. Uh, so that's been really exciting um, just to see that. Cause I mean, I mean, I mean, initially on people told us we would never, I mean, I talked to this guy who's really well known in the Christian film industry and, and a much older guy, very, uh, 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 older guy very old school very much old money guy and he like laughed at me i remember being on the i was the first like he was like one of the first like big investors that we were even lucky to even get a phone call with and he just like he wouldn't listen to anything we said he just laughed at us and mocked us and said we'll never get good content we'll never get <laughs> good movies or tv shows and if we are getting movies and TV shows, it must be the absolute worst of the worst content. Uh, and it wouldn't even, he didn't even want to hear what we had. He just, he just was so like, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And then like, it was one of those meetings where if you ever done investor talks, talks with investors, you go, man, uh, I'm really glad he didn't invest. <laughs> because those aren't the kind of people you want uh, that don't want to listen to you or, or have any interest in your vision for a company at all. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It is hard to go out there and raise money for a company. And, you know, one, one of the guys that was arguing with me was saying that, well, we could have, you could have just done a WordPress website um, and, 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 and made something, you know, hired some cheap, you know, investor i hired some cheap developers from india or whatever and just put out a wordpress website and it's like well you could have uh, but you're not adding any real value to your company in terms of the tech right yeah. and you're very limited 
um, and you're not creating your own custom, you know, your own custom code, your own custom technology. Uh, and investors see that, oh, you guys just made a cheap WordPress website. They, they don't, they see that as, oh, you're not able to hire talent uh, that's capable of building or, or expanding uh, your technology needs, right? So what investors want to see is that you've taken money and you've used that money to actually make your own thing, right? To, you actually took dirt from the ground and made your own thing and, and as much as possible anyway. Um, and so that's what we've done. And that alone adds value to our company more so than a WordPress blog would. Uh, but, you know, it's easy to just say stuff, but, you know, I, 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 I hope you guys could do it better than me. It needs to be done. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think uh, that's the mentality of these people who just want to argue and stuff. But it's, it's a lot of fun to see. It's a lot of fun to see because, you know, it's fun to watch people talk like they know what they're they know all the internal conversations of your company you know so it's been it's been amusing to me I, i've enjoyed it a lot yeah well now all those people that were saying all the times they could have done it better you can say to them well it's here now if you could have done it so much better then why don't you make a movie and propose it to me to get it on lore right yeah that's exactly right you can do it now so mm-hmm. and yeah now i know of at least one person who's come, been coming to you because I was talking with a guy the other day that's making a movie and said he's already talked to you. So now you have people coming to you wanting to make movies on lore, not you going to other people asking them to make movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're going to us and not like Pure Flix or other competitors because they know that we'll they'll have more freedom with us to make what they want. And so that's very valuable to a filmmaker to have that sort of freedom and creative control. Yeah. And all of that, the people coming to you, what you were just saying with the website, like you're saying, that's important to investors. And that's something that a lot of the critics probably don't understand is sure, you could have done a cheaper website, but you would have gotten a worse website for that. And that doesn't just mean users see a worse website. That means investors see a worse website. That's exactly, that's the key. Like, cause it's very easy to like, well, just as an example, like we made, um, the Apologia WordPress, like the first Apologia Studios website that we made was with WordPress. And we had a really good Christian guy who uh, he's a WordPress developer. And so he helped us out a lot. It was, uh, he, did, he did a good job. Uh, but after about three to six months, I started to see, okay, this website is not going to last forever. And it took us, so after spending months making that, WordPress site, um, it took us uh, maybe more than a year to actually build out an actual website for Apologia Studios after we went and spent months making like the WordPress version, right? And so I knew when we started doing this that we didn't want to spend any time wasting any time on a WordPress site when it was just going to be outdated after a while right? Especially if you grow. And and we made the right decision on that. We took our time. We spent two years developing the site. There's a lot. It's easy to look at the website and go, oh, this website's really simple. But there's a lot on the back end too that a lot of people don't know in terms of our analytics and data and stuff that we're tracking in terms of loot spend and the ledgers that that requires for the currency and all that sort of stuff. It's a, There's a lot there 
And I don't think most, I don't, most people would never realize that. Um, but so we've created, I think, a valuable piece of tech. And um, I'm excited to see sort of where this goes, especially as we do our next rounds, investing rounds. Yeah, I'm not sure how thorough you can get with WordPress, but would you even have been able to do anything like Loot if you were using a WordPress website, not a custom-made one? You you might have, but you wouldn't. At the end of the day, you wouldn't own it. Like it wouldn't be yours. It would be a conglomerate of other plugins and stuff that were needed to be updated and all this other stuff. And like what happens when one of the plugins you're using, the developer stops updating and then WordPress updates and then <laughs> your plugins crash and then your website's down. Like there's a lot of nonsense with WordPress, right? But yeah. but there there is a value. There is a value, I think. Um, I maybe just Christians haven't really understood, you know, the need to have their own tech. Like we need, you know, I think maybe people are starting to see that now uh, that we're going through sort of like a, a blacklisting online, right? Whether it's, you know, M a a AWS kicking you off their Amazon servers or whether you're getting kicked off of YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. Like I think people are starting to see, oh, we need our own tech. And that's why I think like Gab is a great example of a company uh, that's not an alternative to social media or like, it's not like the Twitter, ver it's not the conservative version of Twitter. Gab is not. Gab is its own thing, right? There's a marketplace, there's uh, messaging, there's groups, there's all sorts of things that are available on Gab that's bigger than just like a Twitter alternative. And uh, Andrew Torb is just really been an inspiration to me in watching him do gab and then seeing like parlor fall apart right nobody goes on parlor anymore or when you look at um even truth social like truth social has lost 90 percent of their engagement from their first month um all these like weird alternatives are just they're just that they're just like cheap alternatives cheap knockoffs they're not their own unique tech or custom technology. Um, and so we're actually like Gab, we're building something new from the ground up. And uh, I'm excited to sort of see how it advances the kingdom. Yeah. How many of those other ones like Parler didn't have their own servers where Torba, when he first launched Gab, ended up having, it got shot down and he basically just went underground for a year or two making his own servers and basically making everything himself. That way he could relaunch Gab and they couldn't cancel him that time. Right. Yeah. They still can't cancel him. Yeah. Well, a lot of those things too, like parlor and um, I'm trying to think of the other ones, but they're just uh, getter. Isn't the other one parlor and getter. Uh, it's a weird name, but, but so those, uh, a lot of those were just built on like WordPress sites too. Like I think Parler specifically was at least early on they were, and they had a lot of problems. They had a massive security hack. If you remember uh, that they uh, had this security hack, then they, the FBI was able to use that security hack to like track everybody that was at the Capitol on January 6th, like just really crazy stuff. But it was, 
because uh, these weren't started as tech companies. They were started as like political action committees. Uh, and you were going to use these. Um, they were going to use all the users of Parler as a means to be able to communicate for the GOP. Right. So so like it's weird. It's weird. It was weird how it was done. But it wasn't done as, hey, we're just going to build a better version of Twitter. Like it was never that. It was always, let's get all the Republicans over to one social media site so we can spam them with like emails on who to vote for. That's really the purpose of Parler and a lot of the other conservative tech companies. Yeah. And like you're saying, they weren't building their own thing like Gab. And Gab's great. And I think it was AD was just saying recently, sure, you have racist people on Gab, but also you don't have porn on Gab like you have on Twitter and Facebook. I wonder how all the pornography on Twitter is going to go with Musk, if he's going to be okay with it or if he's going to try to crack down on it. I I imagine that Musk is okay with that stuff. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I doubt pornography is going to be lifted from Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he is not a Christian. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't trust him with that. I, you know, I, a, a lot of I, people are saying like people's accounts are coming back, but it's interesting is Babylon B's account has not come back yet. Um, so oh, I thought it had, no, uh, it, it's a va- you can view it, but they have said they, I mean, not unless it came back today. Um, but their stipulations for coming back was they had to delete that tweet that said uh rachel levine was a man uh and so they have not they've chosen not to delete that tweet um so let's see yeah they still haven't tweeted since march 20th so their account is not back wow so yeah so i don't like you know i everyone's saying like oh yeah they're gonna get their account back i don't know i don't know if elon musk is is willing to take the criticism of that because of what they have to do to to what they they have to like twitter would have to say okay you don't have to delete this rachel levine tweet or whatever this guy's name is uh you you don't have to delete that tweet in order to come back on and if they do that they're just gonna like go after elon musk and I don't think Elon Musk is against transgendered people. So yeah, he's not a Christian like Torba is. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things that have to happen in order for the Babylon Bee to get their account backs. But I don't know. We'll see. They haven't got it back yet. So Yeah, I see Torba as like a Christian who's building stuff that's really gonna change things. I see Elon Musk as one unbeliever who disagrees with other unbelievers on things and is just going to cause a bunch of infighting among the unbelievers and maybe make our job easier as they're attacking each other. And we get some memes out of it too. Right. (laughs) The memes are great. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to say about lore? I think we're coming up on almost 40 minutes. So anything else you wanted to say? Just join our lore uh, founders group on Facebook. It's called L-O-O-R founders and if you go there um and ask for an invite there's a lot of people that are really that really want to um give you an invite so uh so that they can get more credit to spend on fund the projects they want to see 
So the real question here is, when are you going to have something with Kirk Cameron saying why he's not dispensational anymore? <laughs> Whenever he wants. All he's got to do is give me a call. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and talking about it. All right. So I hope you all enjoyed the interview. Like Marcus said, if you don't already have access to Lore, just jump in the Lore Founders Facebook group and post in there and say, hey, I want an invite. And probably within 20 minutes, you'll have like five different people already commented on it, giving you an invite because you get 150 of their loot, the points in the game when you use one of their links and they also get some for themselves when you use their link. So they want you to use it. So jump on Lore. We've already got, not we've, I'm not a part of Lore, but Marcus and the other guys part of Lore. They already have some content up on there, a couple episodes about their Postmo documentary, Teach All Nations. I think episode three may already drop by the time this releases. And the first couple episodes of Dark Holler, another show they've got on there. And more is going to be coming. They've got some stuff with Laura Clausen I've seen a little bit of when they posted on social media. That's going to be coming. Laura Clausen with Choice for Two. They've got some stuff with her about abortion. And it's just really great. So I think you need to jump on Laura and get on this bandwagon that way years later when it's huge you can say you were one of the first people on it and so that was this week's episode of theana money as we go i want to remind everyone that the law of the lord is perfect sure right pure clean and true so go apply that law in light of the gospel of christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life grace and peace friends Say